This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Class. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate. Here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing just great, Mark. Just great. That's all. That's all you can ask for. We're excited to be here every Saturday at 1 o'clock. Occasionally, we might be at a different time because of Penn State football for you people that called me and complained last week, just so you know. So if you want to ask us a question uh, or about commercial, residential, real estate, give me a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here just to keep you informed, help, because the media does not talk about real estate, and real estate is booming. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our webpage, goodnewsandrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Correct. We have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Gift of equity and how does it work? Hmm. Very good. It's a good topic. Mark, we also have our questions. Why do people sell their homes in the spring? The next question is, what happens if a house for sale actually never sells? The next question is, what does (laughs) listing removed mean in real estate? And how is it legal to sell real estate without a license? Hmm. Last question is, how can I learn more about home loan options as a first-time home buyer? You got an easy one for that. 609 Thank you. Mark, we also have our topic of the day, which is underwater homeowners effectively bailed out by equity surge. That's right. This is all good news. All good news. All positive. Anyway, um, but first, give us your motivational quote. And I need some motivation today. And the motivational quote is, be who you are, say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter. Those who matter don't mind. There you go. There you go. Because I ain't worrying about the ones that are going to think whatever. (laughs) That's why the rear view mirror is so small and the windshield is so big. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So where are we at? 
So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is Frank's bell. So, anyway, I, I looked to see what the inventory was like in Philly, and it did go up a little bit. We're up to, like, about 4,300 homes for sale out of 676,000, which, like, two months ago, it was at 3,000. So, we're starting to see a little bit of inventory. And the forbearance rate is finally back to pre-pandemic levels. So all that 12 to 14% of people are going to go into foreclosure and all these people are going <laughs> to be evicted. All that doom and gloom is over. And even the eviction thing is going to be 3 or 5%, which is 18 or 19 numbers. There's always a certain amount of that going on. That's just like foreclosures. The average foreclosure rate in the United States, 3 to 4%. Death, divorce, whatever. You know? But anyway, the August, August mark does a little slowdown in the purchases with the existing home sales dropping by 2% because these reports are a little behind, said the National Association of Realtors, a very unbiased group. And they, de they declined, marked a break in a two straight month of increases, the trade group said. Completed purchases, transactions of single-family homes, condominiums, co-ops came in seasonally adjusted at 5.8 million sales, which was up, actually, from the year before. And their chief economist noted that the existing home sales slipped just because of rising prices nationwide. Actually, somebody called me this today, early, and asked me if she, I thought home prices were going to come down or go up over the next year. And I told her up, because I, I just think they are for a while still. Although there was some decline in home purchase, potential buyers are out and about searching, but much more measured about their financial lim limits and simply waiting for more inventory, which we kind of talked about last week. And the median price for housing types was up. 356700 That was 15% basically from last year. So in one year, most of the country appreciated at 15%. And then you get into the cities... And you go to neighborhoods like Fishtown or something, you might be appreciating at 2021. That's 114 months straight, year over year gains in appreciation. 114 that's, straight months. That's insane. I love it. Well, we've been talking about it for a long, long time. Yep. You know, and we've been in the seller's market for how long? Like five, six years? At least. Yeah. So they said the inflow to home prices have made for an unbalanced market, but prices would normalize eventually. Meanwhile, total housing inventory dried up slightly from month to month, totaling 1.2 million units at the end of August, down from 1.5 in July, and down 13.4 from a year ago. So that inventory is an issue. And also, another mortgage banker said that the new inventory is expected to come online with more than 700 new homes under construction. So that's a good thing. And the US 700,000. Right. Right. And they're they're still beloved. They're still behind 5 million houses. Right. Now Biden's saying he's going to help cut red tape, but yeah, I don't know too many politicians that I ever see cut red tape. They're usually good at creating red tape. Sometimes they try to cut red tape and actually cause red tape. <laughs> I know dealing with the real estate commission and some other people that I deal with, yeah, we're going to help you out. We're from the government. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cut your red tape. Uh-oh. 
God. <laughs> your antennas should go up. So anyway, the U.S. home builders, they started more than 1.6 million houses in August. And that was up almost 4%. And 17% year over year. So, you know, that's what we need. We need more and more inventory. And the existing home uh, report found that unsold inventory sat on the market at just a 2.6 month supply. This is nationwide at current sales pace. Philly's at a at a 1.9 month supply. We're not even at normal market six months. So this inventory is an issue. Uh, and it's not going away because the media is not coming on TV every day and say, you know what? It's a great time to sell your house. It's a great time to buy a house. They don't, they don't, they're just not that perky. And they don't talk about good news. So nobody knows. And then these goofy realtors, they won't, I shouldn't call them goofy. You can't these, call them goofy. These unbelievably great realtors out there, <laughs> they just won't call five to 10 of their database every day and tell them how great this market is. There, did I that make up for it? Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> no. And then the one thing that you talked about last week, stone, uh, student loan debt may be one of the factors hampering first-time home buyers and those making over 100000 from taking a plunge and becoming a homeowner. But you talked about last week they could get a uh, co-signer and they might be able to solve that problem. That is correct. So that was a pretty good uh, market report except for me blasting the real estate agents as usual. i got to stop that. <laughs> So it's just, they're just so easy to holler at. <laughs> and I've been hollering at them since 2003. <laughs> so tell us about the rates. And they're slowly listening, but... Yeah, I get like one... It's like the 80-20 rule. Right, exactly. 20% of them will do something, the 80% go, Oh, uh, yeah, but I, I, uh, I'm kind of busy. <laughs> All right, Mark. So talking about busy, we got we have a 30-year fixed conventional at 2.875%. You have your 15-year conventional at 2.375%. Yeah, that's and, what I want. <laughs> and you're, you want 15-year? I don't know. I want something. I like to ask things that start with the twos. Okay. <laughs> All right. <sighs> um. I got my work cut out for me. I can just tell. 30-year FHA, um, we're anywhere from 2.875 to 3%. So, again, is it still a good time to refi? And the answer to that is absolutely. All you got to do is give me a call. 609-605-7153. I told a whole class uh, when I taught over the weekend that any, if you know any, but you don't have a license, I said, but you can give this advice. Anybody that has a mortgage that you know over 3.5% called the Ancat Cyrus, and they could probably get down to like 2.6. So I was trying to be <laughs> Mr. Helpful. Oh, thank you. But wait, right. Mark said I could get 2.6. Yeah, well. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to your funny story. 
I told this one a long time ago, but uh, one of the I was talking to a student that's going to be a property manager, and this one came to mind. So this property manager dies, and he soon finds himself standing in front of St. Peter's, and he tells him, you know, you have a choice. St. Peter tells him, you can go to heaven or hell, and I suggest you check them both out before deciding, because you're kind of in a weird scenario here. So anyway, he chooses to check out hell first. He goes down the old escalator to hell. He gets down to hell, finds himself in the middle of the biggest party he's ever seen. People are dancing, drinking. They're just having a good old time. Everyone's laughing, having a party and a half. Next day, St. Peter takes him up to heaven. He looks around. Everything's white, pristine. People are speaking softly. Philosophical, mathematical formulas they're talking about. Very serene. And he gets bored in about five minutes. St. Peter says to all the property manager, he goes, I want, you know, you want to sleep on it? Get back to me in the morning. Let me know what your decision is. He goes, sure. Next morning he comes back, says to St. Peter, he goes, heaven's nice and all, but hell looks great. So I decided I want to go to hell. So St. Peter puts him back on the escalator down to hell. He gets down there. Satan's whipping people. There's fire everywhere. Everyone's screaming in pain. He goes over to St. He says, what gives? I was here yesterday. I came to check the place out. Everyone had, was had partying, had a great time. Everyone was happy. What happened? Satan looked at him. He said, well, you used to be a property manager, correct? So you want to know the answer to your own question. Yesterday, you were a prospect. Today, you're another resident. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. If you have a funny, if you have Which a funny. I need. Which I need. I'm up if to 855 you, of them. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mile segment with Deanne Kat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic today is gift of equity and how it works. So make these people happy and tell them how this works. <laughs> Making people happy. That's my job. So, Mark, this is a phenomenal idea that realtors, mortgage people, and just the public in general actually don't even really know about it. So no. last month, I had a father that wanted to sell a property to his son. The house was worth 300000 and he was going to sell the house to him for 200000 so he figured, you know, he's not going to sell it for the full value. Things are a little inflated right now. And it was a great scenario where we were. So let's just call, um, let's call dad and son, right? right? So when you do a gift of equity, it has to be somebody that's related. So it has to be immediate. So it has to be grandmother, grandfather, father, son, brother, sister, daughter. That's as far as it can go out. Okay. No cousins. No cousins. Using the gift right. of equity to purchase. And it can only be a primary residence or a second home. So somebody that wants to use it as an investment property, that's not going to work. All right. All right. But the shore house would work. The shore house would definitely work. So a gift of equity basically involves the sale of a residence at a price below its current value. So we have the purchase price being 200, we have the value being 300,000. A gift of equity, again, involves family members, typically parents selling their home to a child. Most lenders, 
and I know that we do, will allow the gift to count towards the down payment and or the closing cost. So let's just say we're going to this. I wish I need like a whiteboard where everybody can see it. But we did. We popped up the purchase price on this to $250,000, right? right? We did a gift of equity, which was 20%. So we did a gift of equity for $40,000. That means that the son no longer pays PMI, already has 20% equity in the property, okay? And that left a balance of $10,000, which we used towards his closing costs. So the father selling the property to the son, the kid picks up a property for $300,000, uses 20% down from the equity in the property, uses another $10,000 towards his closing costs, literally comes to the table with two forms of ID and a pen. Right. No money out of his pocket. But you said 300. It was 200 and you bumped it to 250. The house is worth 300. So we didn't need to use all of that equity. Right. We right. just did it where he was able to put it, you know, 20% down. And cover all of the um, all of the closing costs. Now, yes. one of the questions that comes up a lot, and I literally went back and forth. <laughs> and this uh, and this also avoids capital gains too, correct? It avoids capital gains because gifts of of equity are like other gifts; they aren't taxable to the recipient. The seller might have to file a gift return. Okay, so if the gift of equity they gave you is less than $30,000, they don't have to file the return. But if it's more than that, they have to file the gift return, but they're still not going to pay taxes on that. Which is great because this administration is planning some taxes on that Uh, that kind of stuff. Right. So, you know, that's this is great that you're doing this for this person. It's and it's amazing because. An individual can provide a gift of up to $15,000 in either cash or a gift of equity to the property to an individual before they have to actually file the gift taxes. Now, I actually called because I was on the phone with the attorney and he's like, this is not beneficial to the seller because he's giving away all this equity. Well, first of all, the seller is the father and the father wanted to help the son out, right? So instead of him inheriting the property, he was able to get at least $200,000 out of the property. We used 40000 as a gift of equity, and the balance, like I said, was were for the closing costs. But now this kid has a mortgage for 200000 and he's got a property that's worth 300000 Right. So he already has a ton of equity, and he's invo- if, if it would have worked the other way, unfortunately, the father passed away or something, then he would have had the death tax or the inheritance tax or that probate stuff. And this way, this kid's in great shape. He's in great shape. And because of the, the, the gift of equity often serves as the down payment, okay, it can negate the need for PMI. It's right. keeping the home with the family. And for many people... A family home is an important memento. A gift of equity can help to keep a home within the family, even when the buyer may not able to be able to save up enough to actually make that happen. So most realtors don't know how to write up the agreement of sale. Most people don't understand how this works. It is a phenomenal idea. Yeah, Call and me most with your- people... 
mostly people don't even know about this. They don't know about it. They don't know about it. So give me a call with your questions, 609-605-7153. That was a good topic because especially with HR1 coming, you better have a good accountant. And uh, if that passes, there's all kinds of nuances. Uh, all that stuff about anybody that makes under 400000 don't pay taxes, better read that bill again. Yeah, and how about the $600 deposits that are going in and out? And right. the IRS being able to look at your bank account anytime they want. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. So coming, right. up, coming up next is going to be our question and answer segment. Very good. That was a good topic. Thank so you. with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We will. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. So what's the first one you got? The first one I have is, why do people sell their homes in the spring? Here's another myth. I'm telling you, the myth, the 20% down myth, the 700 credit score myth, this is another one. Why do people sell their house? You know when the spring market starts? In January. January 1. That's when the spring market starts. Like agents in the old days, they used to basically, after Halloween, like shut down. Until after the Christmas and everything. It used to be a trend. Now it, it never stops. There is no slowdown. So people that think they're going to sell their house in the spring, it's a myth. If you put your house on the market today on a rainy Monday that's or whatever or, uh, in Philly, your house, and you're going to have six, seven showings tomorrow, and by Friday you're going to have five to eight offers it's there's no seasonal slowdown anymore maybe out in utah but in philly metro the fifth largest urban center in the country 6.7 million people there is no seasons unless you got that as a mindset and some realtors do and some business people do oh it's going to slow down around december january yeah I used to be, that used to be some of my busiest times. I remember showing a house on Christmas Eve. These people had a move. And the people that want to sell needed to sell. You want to have a couple cocktails while you're here? It's Christmas Eve. I'm like, I got to get back to my house. (laughs) (laughs) What's the next one? The next question is, what happens if a house for sale never sells? Never sells. You know, there's a couple houses... In my neighborhood that I know, nobody lives there. And these houses are probably worth 300 350 And you can just tell that nobody's lived there for years and years and years. And it probably might have been on the market years ago. Somebody passed away. Some family doesn't want to bother with it. And nobody's broken any windows, done anything to it. It doesn't have like a lot of uh, landscaping, and it's just sitting there empty. But 
if it was listed and it never sells, there's a reason. It's either overpriced or there's something wrong with it. There's, that's the only reasons. And now in this market, if there's something wrong with it, you got like the 203K programs and a lot of people will come in and buy something that needs a bunch of work. You might get a little lower price, but it's a weird question. What happens if a house never sells? Now, back when I got my license, you know, like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was waiting to see your, your license attention. is written on stone. It's like hammer and chisel. <laughs> you can't. I, it, was the, it was the third tablet from Moses when he was coming down the mountain. <laughs> He I dropped have my Mark license. Cumberland's <laughs> license. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, it was ninety nine. That's how when I got my license. Mm. But there was houses. There was houses all over the place uh, for sale. We were in a buyer's market. There was so many houses on lockboxes. The agents knew the lockbox houses by how by heart. You could bring up a house and they go, oh, "I showed that one." The right. lockboxes, right. and they would know that. I mean. But there's a reason they never sell. So what's the next one? All right. The next question is... That was what a does, weird question. I, I think the answer is it just doesn't sell. But anyway, question number three. What does listing removed mean in real estate? Usually this is in the MLS, the multiple listing service. They don't call it listing removed in our MLS. They call it... What do they call it? Withdrawn. Withdrawn. Yeah. What does... It was... They had it on the market. They were thinking about selling. And then something happened, like last week's joke. That guy wished to be a woman, and then he got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to take it off the market for nine months. Oh, God. But that's what basically what it is. Something happened, something changed in somebody's life, and they removed, listing removed. In our, in our MOS, uh, it's called withdrawn. What's the next one? The next question is... Is it legal to sell real estate without a license? No. And people do it. And I'll tell you who does it. Uh, these biz buy guys that sell in businesses. And they do it sometimes without even realizing it. Now, they sell only businesses. Bars, restaurants, stuff like that. You, wanna, you always see biz buy or different companies with all different names like that. And occasionally, there's some just person that wants to sell somebody a house and technically doesn't have a license. The only people that can really do the contracts legally are real estate agents and attorneys. But I've, I've ran into uh, business salespeople. You don't need a license to sell a business. Like, you could sell somebody a business without a real estate license because you don't need a license for that. But I've seen deals that go down with bars that bricks are involved and it was one of those guys and technically they're breaking the law because they don't have a real estate license but it happens but legally in pennsylvania to sell real estate to another person not what like what you talked about gifting something like that to a different type not family member you need a real estate license what's the next one the next question is how can I learn more about home loan options as a first-time home buyer? Yeah, this is called the Ann Cat Cyrus at Green Tree Mortgage, the mortgage mom, and she's probably got about twenty options for you. <laughs> How many different loan options do you have? It depends. I mean, there's a lot. Ballpark. Of, I, I, 
probably about 10, 10 different options. Yeah. I told yeah. somebody that but you then, had over 120 pre-approved buyers. They couldn't believe that. It's 183 right now. 183. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was, I told them 160 last week. They could yeah. not believe that you had a. I said, this is not somebody that just wrote a little letter. I said, this is somebody that did talk to Deanne, got pre-approved, ran their credit, got their tax returns in, everything. W-2s. Verification of employment. Verification everything. of everything. Check yep. the credit to see if anything was wrong. I said, these people are totally ready to buy. 160 of them that are waiting to get a house. That's right. And, they and it's not for a lack of effort. I mean, we... Um, that's the inventory issue. It's the inventory issue. I mean, we. I, I'm. it's now coming around where I have the same clients or I have different clients putting an offer in on the same house. It's crazy. That is crazy. It is crazy. Anyway. We, should, we, we need a billboard or something. We, we got to get somebody to sponsor a billboard and put it on like 95 and 295 and say why what? it's a great time. It's the best time in history to buy and the best time in history to sell and give out our numbers and we'll hook them up with real, real, these real estate agents that are too lazy to call their database. Well, you know what? I'm just going to let you know that recently, as of today, um, people that are calling me that are now looking to sell, their mailbox is full of postcards of people that are doing postcards. Every day they come home, there's something on their step, there's something in the mailbox, their phone, their phone is ringing to sell their house. So the word is getting out there. They're actually getting phone calls? They're actually getting some phone calls. Not a lot, more mail than anything else, but they are I've getting, been getting phone calls. I've been getting some mail too, but these are strangers. I want yeah. some, you know. The actual you're gonna, database, yeah. Yeah, your agent is somebody that you should know and not, no not some stranger. Got it. All right, Mark. Coming up next is going to be our topic of the day. Underwater homeowners effectively bailed out by the equity surge. Yeah, this is all good news. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time so we're at the end mark we are up to our topic of the day which is underwater homeowners effectively bailed out by the equity surge now pay attention philadelphia from poconos to the shore this is great news and some of you that had some problems might be out of it just due to the market homeowner equity homeowner equity grew 2.9 trillion dollars nationwide from the second quarter of 2020 to the same quarter of this year a home equity report shows u.s homeowners have who have mortgages which account for roughly 63 percent of all residential properties in the country that we knew that number 63 percent of the country have mortgages and and out of that there's a real high number that they're paid off 
but the 63% saw their equity grow by 29.3% over that period. An average borrower gain of $51,500. So there goes your 20%. That the big myth and and now, you know, you pay your mortgage to you hit the 80-20. And there it is. They saw their equity increase by 29.3%. This is nationwide. Now, in certain neighborhoods in Philly, they're probably over that. Over 1.5 million homeowners in forbearance and 5 million consumers unemployed. Current equity figures have added import. A recent CoreLogic survey found 59% of the respondents feel extremely confident in their ability to keep their current mortgage payments current in the coming year. Thanks to the ongoing government provisions, increased vaccine availability, enabling them to return to work, a steady income, and record homeowners' equity gains. Most borrowers have been able to remain current on their mortgage. Like that thing we did a few weeks ago in the in the topic of the day about right. the forbearance agreements and about the people behind on the rent. It's actually like 18, 19 levels, normal levels. Three to five percent. So the growth in the homeowner equity provides a strong financial cushion for tens of millions of Americans. For those most impacted by the pandemic, equity gains will help play a critical role in staving off foreclosure based on projected increases in economic activity. Home values over the next year are going to go up again. We expect to see further gains in equity. I mean, this is great news. And the news media never talks about it. There's many upsides for down or underwater home. If you're underwater, that means you owe more than what the house is worth. So now, if you went up 29%, you're probably above water now. In the second quarter of 2020, 1.8 million homes were in negative equity. That number has declined by 30% or 520,000 properties. In the second quarter of this year alone, there was a 12% decline in underwater homes. The number is now 1.2 million, or 2.3% of the mortgage properties. Now we're talking about 2.3% of 370 million houses out there, right? In the United States. National aggregate value of negative equity at the end of the first quarter of 2020 was $273 billion. At the end of the second quarter, it had declined $5 billion to $268 billion. Over the year, the decrease has been $18.9 billion. So the economy, we're still basically living under the last administration's economy because nothing's changed. And that economy is still booming. Even with COVID, I mean, more houses were sold in 2020 than 2019. Now, most people would think that's not true, but that's true. So borrowers borrowers with equity positions within 5%, either higher or lower, of negative equity cutoff are most likely to be affected by these prices. So this is big-time news. So a lot of people that just bought in the last two years should be like talking to their mortgage lender and they might be paid down even though they didn't pay it themselves the 20 no. percent but right. they might be there They'll and be get close. rid of their pmi 
They're going to be real close. close. Now, I'll tell you, if they bought in like Fishtown or Northern Liberties, they're probably definitely there. I think Fox Chase, where I'm at, I think it's like around 18%. I remember the. I remember back in two thousand three, when I was young and just started. And <laughs> I'm waiting for a comment. I just had to throw that in. Oh but gosh. I remember one year my house appreciated twenty one percent in one year. Yeah, and that's that was, where we're at. We're, yeah. we're we're in a great situation now. I agree with Cudlow. I watch all the business stuff. You know. Go woke, go broke. I don't like the idea of changing anything. I think we are. They shouldn't tinker with us. They shouldn't raise taxes because the economy is great. All right, Mark. We are up to our segment with um, asking Dr. A. And today we're going to continue with our topic, which is workplace phobia. How are you, Dr. Abelson? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you guys? Very good. So jump right in here. This is a great topic. Sure. Well, let me, let me remind people what we did last time, uh, because we talked about the reason, some of the reasons why workplace phobia may be going on. Uh, and two of the, the more obvious ones are, one of them is people are, were spoiled uh, because they didn't have to travel. So, so all of a sudden, it, it's this notion of, well, I don't want to have to travel to work. Uh, I might have to, you know, especially in the large cities with the congestion of the uh, automobiles and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's an issue. The other one is, and probably more truthful, is that they just don't like or they're having difficulty with their manager and leader and they like being at home, you know, so they don't have to go in and, and face the manager and leader. But, but I also think there's, there's some other reasons why this is going on and, and, and we can't just blame it on the transportation issue and on leadership because sometimes people just have a conflict with somebody else in the workplace. They don't get along. Sometimes there's a power struggle. There's all kinds of reasons why that might be going on. So they're using the excuse of COVID-19 or that they don't want to go in. Or they're just saying, hey, um, I don't want to come in. I can get my work done at home. You know what, doctor? Let me uh, bring up a real life scenario. I got an email from an office I was at and an agent that had been there a real long time said he was leaving because... He thought the culture had changed and he wasn't happy anymore because I guess he liked to be he and he was an agent that came into the office a lot. Well, a lot of most realtors don't. Well, that's definitely going on. And I'm hearing it a lot in the real estate, you know, companies that we work with, you know, that it's it's not the way it used to be because they used to have weekly meetings where the staff would come in and they would talk about things and then they would see their friends, you know, and they would schmooze and talk with people. But that's not happening now. And it. As you say, it's a two-way street. Some of it, it's, it's them. They, not, they're not going in. Some of it's the other people aren't going in. And one of the things that I suggested last time was that I see more companies and organizations going to having a requirement where people come in two or three days a week, but they all come in the same two or three days. So they can have team meetings right. face-to-face, uh, you know, and they can have other camaraderie and keep the culture going. But the culture is definitely shifting. There's all kinds of human dynamics going on because of COVID. You know what? And I think that if they come in, they all come in at the same time is a really good idea because then they'll socialize. And then right. and I'm telling you, when I run a company, if I'm a CEO of a company, my 20% is recruiting and training and culture is the most. Imp- I had a company, you know, with Carl Williams. Yep. You have a committees, 
My most important committee, I thought, wasn't the finance committee. It was the cultural committee. Because if you have a great culture, everything falls in place. That's right. And that, that was one of the main reasons that Mo Anderson was so influential within KW, because she actually was the ironclad focus, you know, and foundation of, of the culture movement, you know, within, within KW. And every organization has its own culture and its own feeling. And what COVID has done is it's messed that up with a lot of different organizations. And, and leaders now have to shift and they have to figure out how they're going to deal with this and what we're going to be doing in the future regarding segments on this workplace phobia is talking about possible solutions. I've been thinking about this with all my teachers just because I like socializing with them. Uh, but I also sent you a report. And next week, can we talk a little bit about productivity sure with all this going on all right tell them tell everybody how to get a hold of you just contact me at abelson a-b-e-l-s-o-n dot abelson or abelson at abelson.net or just contact us at abelson.net thank you dr a dr a thanks dr abelson all right. If you have any questions, you can email them at 8029 at Comcast.net or give Mark a call 24-7 at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at DeanneKitsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week. I'm sorry you missed us last week. I had some calls. We got bumped by a football game but uh we'll let you know in advance next time and we are looking for a couple sponsors to join our team and uh, be part of good news and real estate we've been on the air 12 years so with that have a great week i'm mark cumberland i'm deanne katsaris your mortgage mom you've been listening to good news and real estate here on talk radio 1210 wpht all, all positive, positive all, all the, the time, time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.